Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. everybody welcome back it's one day later it's fantasy football today dfs we're coming up our solo pod on wednesday of course normally that's tuesday at five o'clock and we're back already except this time we're bigger and better because we've got the man the myth the legend and i'm not just saying that facetiously like he literally is in all three capacities mike mcclure how are you I am doing well, Sia, fired up for this podcast, the Thursday Night Football game. Uh, Thursday is just a great day. It kicks off what is always a great weekend during football season. So always love a challenge on a DFS slate, and that is what we have this week for sure. Yeah, you know, I hear some grumblings when we get games like this, and I'm talking about the Thursday night game. And at the end of the show, we'll talk about um, maybe some showdown plays and game flow and things of that nature. But you know, some grumblings like, oh, this is such a bad game. You know, the Rams and w- whatever quarterback they're going to be trotting out there. And it's like, man, we don't have many Thursday night games left. You better embrace all of this because this is pretty great. Because for about six, seven months, we're not going to have anything. So, I, Mike, I, I share your sentiment there. I'm super excited. I do want to ask you before we get into this 10-game slate. And, and by the way, hit the like button if you're already in the chat. We appreciate that. We're going to get to Mike's top three at each position once we get to 100 likes. So if we get to 100 likes early then we're going to do the top three early. Uh, Also, the FFT DFS contest is live. So go ahead and register for that. It's only 200 deep. So it does fill up pretty fast. And again, congratulations to at home at 21, who I found out his actual name is Arthur Thomas. So congratulations, Arthur Thomas, for taking down the week 13 FFT DFS contest. Mike, what I was going to ask you before we get to this 10 game slate is this is an interesting one, especially relative to last week. Last week, we almost had too many options. And this week, it doesn't seem like there are enough options. And what I mean by that is, there's not a lot of like stackable games, at least not games that are immediately, you know, jump out at you like we had last week. I personally see that as sort of an advantage for us because what we're so big on, Mike, and I, I'm not talking about you and me necessarily, the listeners as well, of course, 
we're so big on just alternate roster constructions and things of that nature and just just picking off pieces, skinny stacks from games that might not be so popular for people. That's sort of how I approach this slate. So I'm really excited about it. Uh, but I just want to get your sentiment because, again, it's not one of those slates where we're looking at mouthwatering totals. Yeah, not a lot of mouthwatering totals. The one game that is becomes pretty expensive to stack very quickly. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough week out there for sure. We don't have obvious running back value like we have in some of the previous weeks. Um, I, I think the scores will definitely be lower. Uh, you know, scores needed to win contests, probably 30 plus points lower this week. Um, so that's always an interesting thing to see. Uh, as far as where we're paying up, that'll also be interesting uh, to see where everybody kind of pays up this week. Uh, I have one spot where I'm going to pay up again uh, that I haven't in quite a few weeks. It's a little tease there. Oh, nice. And by the way, speaking of tease, you, you mentioned that there's one game that you know people are going to want to stack and that it gets pretty expensive. I sort of have two games in mind there. So I'm curious, what what is that one game? Because we're, we're starting with the highest total. That's going to be the first game we cover. Is yeah. that the game you're talking about? That's the game I'm talking about. And when I say it gets expensive, it gets expensive if you want the two top pieces, which would be Amonra and uh, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a pretty good lead into our first game, which, of course, is going to be Minnesota at Detroit. And listen, there are going to be weather concerns this week, but this, of course, is not one of them because this is in a dome. This is at Detroit. We know these Detroit games, you know, Jared Goff actually flashes. Oh, of course, he's actually been good on the road a little bit here and there, too. But this is a, like I like to call it, a curated environment. It's part of the reason we have this total. It's Vikings plus two, but it's a 51 and a half point total. This has been kind of moving. Uh, you know, I think I saw it at 53 in some places. I saw it 52 and a half and 52. Now it's 51 and a half. Now it's still an extremely high total. So I'm not really worried about it going down. But I just think it's worthy of noting that it's gone down a, a point or two. Uh, you know, I, Mike, I really like this game for obvious reasons. And I don't think I really need to explain it. But I do think and we saw it last week, but we've kind of been seeing it all year with the Vikings secondary in particular. They can get exposed. I mean, Mike White, even though he didn't score any touchdowns through the air, 369 passing yards against this defense. And they've been giving up a lot in the secondary. If you look at their secondary, it's just there's not a lot of good pieces there. So I think the golf side really makes sense. I wonder what you think about the Cousins side. With all of that said, there's so many pieces in this game, right? We got Amon Ross St. Brown. We got DJ Shark, who his snap share finally ticked up to, you know, an elite, elite spot last week. And then, of course, on the other side, you've got superstars like Jefferson, secondary pieces like Hawkinson and Thielen. And then, of course, Dalvin Cook is on this team as well. A lot to choose from. A lot of different types of constructions you can include. And I, I actually, in our, in our solo pod, and I'll kick this over to you, I had a construction that I was talking about with the audience. about It was Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown and DJ Shark and bringing it back with you know, basically two of three options that may or may not include Justin Jefferson, Hawkinson, Thielen, Justin Jefferson, maybe Dalvin Cook, like some, some, you know, two pieces of that. My question for you is, is that too much for you in terms of maybe one of your five lineups? Is that just sort of over stacking it? Or are you cool with that type of stack? And tell me what pieces you like in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think that there you could definitely game stack it up where you have quarterback and say three others, uh, whether it's one or two from his team, one bring back. I think that's probably fine. Uh, I'm going to have exposure to a monitor St. Brown. I'll probably have some Justin Jefferson. I'll have a little Adam Thielen. The guy that I will also likely have exposure to, uh, assuming that everything's good on the injury front, uh, Swift. 5,800 mm -hmm. in the backfield. We don't have a ton of obvious running back value. 
Uh, I think he's going to catch some passes in this one. He His workload actually, at least in the last game, was very encouraging to see. He does obviously lose goal line work to Jamal Williams. That's always concerning when you're trying to score touchdowns. Uh, but I, I do like him there. Uh, as far as stacking the game, I, look, it's going to be popular. I have Amano St. Brown as the most popular player on the slate. Um, just right ahead of Denver's tight end, but he's going to be right up there as the most popular player on the slate. I'm showing Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen approaching 20% as well, but I, I think a Monroe will be clearly 30% plus. Um, I think it's fair value on the chalk. Like I, I don't think it's an obvious fade situation. I think that you're playing with fire on this particular slate, trying to fade him. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm probably going to play about equal to the field on it. I'm probably not going to go crazy. Probably I'm definitely not fading all the way. Um, The other guy that we kind of have to talk about and mention a little bit is going to be Hawkinson as well. Yeah. Uh, You know, facing the former team. Yes. They know how to cover him potentially. Maybe not. Uh, I think that he's certainly going to be involved in this one as well. It's just a massive shootout potential on both sides. As you mentioned, the domed environment uh, on a week where we actually do have a little weather, it's hard not to like a ton of these pieces. I just personally think that I will be sprinkling in pieces more than full-on game stacking. Let me ask you, first of all, Hawkinson's ownership, is it trending upward? I mean, you know, you mentioned all the popular pieces, Hawkinson and Dalvin Cook, and I'm sorry to ask you this on the fly, but are are both of those guys trending sort of towards that, you know, I don't know, 12 to 15% range? Yes, uh, right there in that 12 to 15% range. I, I okay. think that uh, Hawkinson could be as high as 17, 18%. Um, we'll see. I'm going to do my best to make that different at tight end because there's someone that I absolutely love, assuming everyone is active and healthy and ready to go. And that's not from this game. That's from another game, you're saying, right? From another game, yep. The cousin side is that so again, you, you know, for those of you that don't know, you, you know, Mike usually does about five tournament lineups. Sometimes he plays cash as well, but usually five tournament lineups. Is the cousin side of this potentially in one of those five? Or if you're stacking this, you're going the golf route? Um, the cousins route would probably be there. Um, I don't want to spoil my favorite QB yet. Let me look at the games quickly and see when that one's coming up. Eh, a couple games away, not, not the next game, but the game after. Um, I I will be playing one of these two quarterbacks, one of of golf or Cousins. It will not be my main lineup, um, but I do. I will have exposure to the game to the point where I have one of the two quarterbacks. As far as which one I get to, um, if you're able to follow me on Sportsline, you'll definitely see it there at that point. It's truly going to come down to an ownership battle for me uh, at this point. So I think that it's probably going to be Cousins that I get to. I'm pretty confident golf's going to be meaningfully higher. Um, but it, everything I'm showing right now is within 2%. So I I don't know that I believe my own ownership data here. I think that golf's going to out-own him by at least 5%, but it's suggesting it's going to be a lot closer than that, which – Probably makes a lot of sense because I think Minnesota is one of the more popular bets in the betting market this week. Okay. I think we covered that. Did, did we miss a play? I mean, we certainly didn't miss a play. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, before we move on to Jets at the Bills, speaking of some potential weather concerns, uh, DJ Shark, I don't know that I got you to talk about it all. Is he a guy – I mean, he's certainly at a price that that makes sense. Is he a guy that you're going to be including in your your stacks or your bringbacks? Probably not. Um 
And now if I were playing 20 plus lineups, yeah. In uh, my five lineup builds, probably not going to get there this week. Um, can't rule it out, but probably not going to get there. Okay. And again, DJ Shark, uh, 4,300. And for that reason, he's probably going to be a piece that people are going to want to throw in there, you know, especially to offset some guys like Justin Jefferson, who were very expensive. So um, is he getting some popularity, Mike? Um, Let me search quickly. Not really. About 4%. Okay. 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 Great. All right. So let's move on. We covered that game. Uh, certainly so many players you, you can, you can find different ways to stack. Uh, and I, I'm sure some of those people that we just talked about will be featured in Mike's top three. Let's go to Jets bill. So I mentioned weather concerns. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be too bad. I mean, we, we are likely, it looks like right now we're likely to see snow. Um, at this point, it doesn't seem like that's going to be super detrimental to the game itself. Uh, Mike, maybe you could, just shed some light on, on what you think there. But we got the Jets plus 10 at the Bills. It's a 43-point total. Pretty underwhelming total. I talked on Tuesday, Mike, about Mike White and how you know I, I still like the price, especially if you pair him with Garrett Wilson, who's still under 6K. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'll back off of that, but because I know you're you're kind of a fan of the Bills, maybe, maybe really kind of putting their their foot down on the throat of the New York Jets in this one. So tell me how you feel about this game. Uh, just one issue that I do want to point out. It looks like Michael Carter might be healthy, so we kind of have to see how that Zonovan Knight thing is going to play out. I'd like to know if you think Zonovan Knight is, still presents value at 5,100, but more importantly, um, are you playing guys from this game? I'm probably going to be off of this game. Uh, I, I like the under quite a bit in this game. We're going to have some weather, uh, rain, snow mix. I, I think that... The Jets side struggles offensively in this game. Um, so I'm mostly off of it at this point. I, you know, Knight was fine. I, I like him. Uh, the price points come up. He, he's been great in these last few games. I don't know if he can do it again against this defense. Uh, I'm not excluding him from the player pool, but not someone that I've got locked in uh, at this point. So monitoring it, but at, at some point, like, I, I don't see that volume sticking there. If we've got Carter, we've got uh, Robinson. It just, it seems way too fragile to me. And how about the Mike White to Garrett Wilson? Or forget about Mike White for a second. Is Garrett Wilson at 5,900? Does he still present a value here? He probably does just because of the target volume. Um, he's probably fine uh, because of the target volume. I don't. I wouldn't count on scoring touchdowns. Uh, obviously got there last week without it. Um, I wouldn't expect a repeat of that. He had two very, very friendly matchups with Chicago and Minnesota through the air. This one, while this Buffalo team isn't as difficult as it was last year, it, it's not an easy matchup like the last two that he saw. So I'm probably going to be off of Garrett Wilson personally, uh, just based on what we saw the last few weeks. Um, you know, you're paying $1,600 more for him now than you were against Chicago. So a couple guys on the Bills side that do present value. And, and I do want to point out that the Bills implied total is 26.75. So that's it's just reasonably high on this slate, certainly within the top five. I, I assume you're not going to speculate between James Cook and Devin Singletary. But I do want to point out James Cook is 4,600. Uh, the the real real guy I want to ask you about here though is Isaiah McKenzie at forty two hundred. Is that a dart you're just not willing to throw, or or is that something you you might want to get involved with? Um, I don't mind it. it. It there are weeks where he's certainly not going to be involved a ton, but I don't mind it. I, he does have a, a ton of upside. I I think 
the real thing here is just monitoring the weather. I think this game could be ugly. It could be a sloppy game. Um, I don't hate it, but don't love it. Okay. Speaking of games that maybe you probably are more on the hate side than the love side, uh, Ravens plus two at the Steelers. It's a 36 and a half point total. Now, I could be wrong here now that I think about it because Mark Andrews is in this game. And we had somebody very smart in the chat who knows you very well, Mike, apparently, because I'm trying to find where, oh, it's, it's M. Bruno who says, sounds like Mike is talking about Andrews when you referred to a tight end you really like. So is M. Bruno right, Mike? He is. They are. I like Mr. Mark Andrews. Uh, my favorite quarterback of the week is in this game. It is Tyler, Tyler Huntley. Huntley. Wow. Okay. Tell tell me more because I, I feared Tyler Huntley because I just, especially at Pittsburgh, it it doesn't seem like he can do much with his arm, especially with this receiver core outside of Mark Andrews. And we know, you know, Pittsburgh's been playing a little bit better. It's a very low total. But my assumption, Mike, is that you like the rushing floor with Tyler Huntley and you you expect him to play a little bit better than he did last week. I do. Yes. Uh, I think we've got a great rushing floor. I think he scores a rushing touchdown on this game. Uh, I think he targets Mark Andrews a ton. Uh, we've seen him fill in at times before. I like this spot for him personally. Uh, I like that he's in the same price point as Jared Goff. I could still stack Jared Goff's receivers uh, and other pieces from that game while still capturing Tyler Huntley's ability to run the football with his legs. If he does anything at all with his arm, uh, I like this spot a lot for him. So. I don't think a lot of people are going to go there with me. I think I'm going to be kind of in my own little world on this one, um, which is great. I like that. Um, I, I do think that we have the scenario where we're looking at 40 rushing yards, potentially a rushing touchdown. Hopefully we get 150 to 200 yards and a touchdown through the air. Um, and, and we're sitting pretty as long as a lot of that work goes to Mark Andrews. So yes, I like Huntley. I think that, the drop-off from Lamar in this particular offense may not be as big as we think. See, that's an interesting point because I think I kind of agree with you there. And with Tyler Huntley having a week to prepare, I mean, I guess obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers get a week to scheme against Tyler Huntley, but I don't know that that, that scheming is much different than what you would do with Lamar Jackson. So, Mike, I think you make a really good point that, you know, and that's no disrespect to Lamar Jackson, just the way he's been playing and, and what he's the numbers he's been putting up. You might be right. It might not be much of a drop-off. Let me ask you this, uh, and maybe you cleared this up already, but is it Tyler Huntley to Mark Andrews? In other words, is that how you're playing it, or, or are there situations in one of your lineups where you're playing Tyler Huntley naked or with maybe somebody like discount Demarcus Robinson at 4,000? Um, it's likely going to be Huntley naked or Huntley to Mark Andrews. Uh, I like the target distribution to Mark Andrews here. We've seen a lot. I shouldn't say a lot. We've seen some of this in the past. I'm trying to look back through some of uh, – Huntley's game logs, you know, from last year when he played. I'm seeing rushing yard games of 72, 54, 73, 45, 40. Um, yeah. Scored two touchdowns rushing in one of those games with the 73 yards. I, you know, look, I, I like the spot. In a couple of those games, he still threw north of 200 yards. Um, I, I think this is a really good spot for him. And yeah, I that that's where I'm going this week. Early ownership indication does not suggest the field is going with me. We'll see how much that changes between now and then. But that is where I'm going this week. And it's either probably going to be really good or one of those weeks where we return $0. And you know what? 
that's the way I play and I'm okay with that. Right. So exactly. I mean, that's, that's how you are supposed to play tournaments. You're supposed to look for your ceiling and not worry about your floor. I, I think you've actually got me convinced to play Tyler Huntley. My personal preference is to go with your version where it's Tyler Huntley naked. Uh, and I just, I don't mess with any of the receivers or, or Mark Andrews. And I just hope for the best. I mean, I, I do think Demarcus Robinson at 4,000 is, is pretty great value given the m- amount of targets he's been getting. He caught seven of eight targets last week. And again, 4,000 is just a good price. I do want to point out Deontay Johnson did not practice today. This is Thursday. He did not practice. So we'll have to monitor that. Let me ask you this. Is there a run back scenario, whether you're stacking or not? But let's, you know, whatever, anybody on the Pittsburgh side that you like. I kind of like Deontay Johnson at 5,100. But now that he didn't practice Thursday, I wonder maybe is, is George Pickens. Obviously, I mean, he presents some value if Deontay Johnson is out at his price, right? He does. Um, if Johnson is out, I could see myself getting there. Um, other than that, I could get crazy uh, in one scenario, but I don't know that I'm trying to look at my my data quickly to see if it's actually viable. I wanted to say I would be crazy and still play double tight end with Andrews and Fryermuth on the bring back with mm-hmm. Huntley. No, like I've got a unique lineup right there for sure. Nobody else is doing that. Yes. Um, Probably not going to get there, though. It doesn't look as viable spending that much at the with two of those tight ends there. So I, Fryermuth is okay. Um, probably going to be a lot of either Huntley naked or Huntley with Andrews. Okay. I think we can move on. I, I don't really like much on the Pittsburgh side, but I do want to monitor the Deontay thing. I, I think Pickens or Fryermuth, if Deontay Johnson is out, become... Uh, Pretty great values at, at 5K and sub 5K. Brian with the 4,500 on DraftKings and George Pickens, uh, 5,000. Let's move to a game that actually has a total that's 10 points higher than the Ravens at the Steelers. And it's the Browns at the Bengals. I suspect this is going to be a relatively popular game uh, for obvious reasons, right? Burrow has all of his all of his weapons back other than Hayden Hurst, who may not play in this game. And so, by the way, his backup is, is Will Cox and, and he's 2,700. I, I think there's probably, if you're going to go down in that, 2k-ish range that's not the the where you want to go i think there's probably other options if you really want to get cheap at tight end um but burrow stacks i mean i i think obviously they're in play i think a lot of people are going to be playing them i like burrow to chase this week um but certainly burrow to higgins is in play mixon is in play i think kareem hunt is an interesting dart throw if you're trying to find value i think deshaun watson he had 11 touches last week i think deshaun watson could kind of lean on him if it's a negative game script which by the way that's what i expect how you playing this one are you playing this one yeah, I like uh, Burrow to Chase for sure. Um, I, I think this is a great spot on Jamar Chase. I still think he's going to be underpriced uh, at seventy nine hundred. I think he's an eighty six hundred dollar wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like the spot for Chase. So I, I think what we saw from la- him last week was kind of the floor uh, in terms of target volume. Eight targets yeah. game one. Uh, remember, Kansas City has a lot of longer sustained drives that eat clock and, and really shorten the game in those ways, which is why everyone looks at those games and it's like, oh, we have to hammer the over offensive efficiency, et cetera, right? And these games always seem to end 24-21, 27-24. They're not the massive 40-point shootouts. Uh, it's because possessions are limited. I don't think that's necessarily the case quite as much here. So I like Jamar Chase a ton. Um yeah, I think this could be a potential two-touchdown day for Jamar Chase. So he, he's one of my favorite receivers for sure. Is this a game where you would stack Burrow to Chase and somebody else on the Cincinnati side, or would it just be Burrow to Chase? 
It would just be Burrow to Chase. Uh, you know, last week I stacked it and had a lot of success doing it. The issue with it is like when we really want to incorporate those running back stacks as well, where we're just simply trying to capture all the offensive scoring, you're only typically doing that when we're talking about a backup running back situation, you know, something less than 6K. Yeah. Um, when you're having to spend more to do it, you really, really eat into the upside of doing that. So I'm not going to recommend doing anything there other than, um, you know, if you wanted to stack that game like that, it would honestly probably just be Kareem Hunt in the in the running back spot, uh, you know, as a bring back. But as far as Cincy, for me this week, it won't be double stacks. It'll be just directly to chase. And let's talk about the running backs real quick before we move on to the next game, because Nick Chubb is 7,800. Uh, I, I do think he could get game scripted out of this game. But then again, this could be a back and forth where Cleveland's very competitive. 7,800 is is tough. I, I know this week I'm I'm really looking to pay up more at receiver than I am at running back. So, you know, I don't know that I'm paying that. I think Kareem Hunt at 4,600 is at reasonable dart throw. It sounds like you do as well because you just mentioned him. Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I assume you're not interested in either of those. Amari is 6,200. DPJ is 4,900. Yeah, not a ton of interest. Um you know, if you want to take a shot on DPJ, fine. Uh, the issue is I wonder how much chemistry is really there with Deshaun. I actually kind mm-hmm. of preferred him with Jacoby Brissett playing. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that uh, I would rather take a wait-and-see approach on that. I'd rather, you know, obviously we don't have a ton of time left in the season. You typically want to be predictive and be ahead of things like that. But uh, on a full slate like this, I would rather see it first from the Cleveland side before I speculate too much on it. And by the way, we had a question from Thomas Scarpati, Baltimore running backs in play. Um, I'll answer that and then I'll kick it to you, Mike. The answer is no for me, Mike. What what, what about you? Yeah, I would say no for me. Um, I think the things that are likely to happen is Huntley's likely to find some success with his legs. If not, they're likely game scripted into spots where they have more obvious passing work. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I don't, I don't like them at all. Okay, and a couple comments here. Derek Graham, Kareem Hunt at 4,600 for value. Yeah, I like that play. It's very speculative. Don't get me wrong, because he hasn't been a touch monster this entire year. Last week, you know, he did have a slight spike in touches with 11 overall touches. So I think Kareem Hunt from a game script standpoint um, certainly makes sense. If you think, listen, it's going to be the Burrow show and they're just going to put up a bunch of points. Kareem Hunt probably finds himself on the field a lot more. So I think if you're stacking the Cincinnati side, I think Kareem Hunt makes sense if that's the game script you want to go with. Um, so, and we touched on that um, a little bit earlier. Thanks for the question, Derek. Gray Goose Hayes, this is a good question because sometimes I forget to kind of emphasize cash. Uh, he says, I'm thinking Burrow as the top cash QB this week. I think that's a great play. Uh, but, Mike, I- in cash, would Burrow be your favorite play? Uh, it'll be Huntley still in all formats yeah. for me just because of the salary savings and what it allows you to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the most popular quarterback in cash for the field is going to be Jared Goff this week. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, you know, you're getting a little different with Burrow. Um, You just, when you spend that much, you got to be right everywhere else. And let me ask you this before we move on from this game, because this is a pretty important game in the scheme of things, because it's one of those that might have a back and forth and a high total. So we have a question from M. Bruno. He says, Cleveland is awful versus the run. True. Uh, Mixon could have a big day. So my question for you is you already answered the question of, hey, you don't want to have a burrow to chase and Mixon stack. And you gave out like the really good reason why you shouldn't do that. But if you're not stacking burrow to chase and you just want to get a piece of this game, Mixon coming out of the concussion protocol and likely playing on Sunday, of course, uh, that's still a pretty solid play here, right? 
Yes, uh, it's a fantastic matchup for them. You know, the one has to ask the question, does Samaje Pirine being successful eat into Mixon's workload at all at some point? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that it does necessarily. I, I think that they still feed him. Um, yeah, it's a frustrating, frustrating thing for Mixon. He hasn't been, you know, he had one great game. He, he hadn't been great a lot of the time. It's a great matchup for him. Um, I'm always a little skeptical on it just because I think Burrow wants to throw more and I think they want to let him throw more. Um, I don't mind it. Mixon's going to be popular. The issue for me is, is he's also going to be popular. The time when I really want us to be playing Joe Mixon is when he's not necessarily going to be popular. Uh, when it's like obvious that everyone wants to play Burrow and Chase, that's when I want to play Mixon uh, and just kind of bet on some of that you know, touchdown variants. I don't think that's the case here. I think more people are playing Mixon than Burrow or Chase this week. Yeah, I'm showing Mixon is the uh, the most popular running back on the slate. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, I think you're probably right about that. I'm probably going to be off Mixon. It's, he's not like my fade play on my cheat sheet or anything, but I'm probably going to be off Mixon. I'm going to be very interested in the Burrow to Chase uh, stacks. And by the way, Mike, uh, thanks for watching the show. Everybody, hopefully you've already hit the like button. Please do if you haven't already. But you asked, so you would play, you're talking to Mike, obviously, Huntley in both GPP and cash. He he definitely said yes yeah. to that. For me, I would probably, I'm going to get consider, I'm going to play Huntley in some GPPs. But for me, I think Mike's sort of second option is, is better for me personally. I'll probably have Goff and Burrow in some of those cash lineups where I'm probably only going to do one or two. So it's very likely that Goff or Burrow find themselves in, in, in themselves in my primary cash lineup. But again, um, Mike likes Huntley uh, both ways. And it certainly makes sense, right? Because he does have that floor. He does have the low floor with the rushing yards and he does have uh, the great price. So um, thank you for your question, Mike and, and everybody out there. Let's move to Jags plus four at the Titans. This is a 41-point total. There's a lot we need to find out in these games, Mike, and, and, and we all know, right, especially this time of year, things change from Thursday to Saturday to Sunday. So everybody, you know, take take all of what we're saying. We usually kind of build in the contingency plans. Like we usually talk about – we talked about it last week. If Mixon was going to be out again, you're going to want to put some AJP run in your lineup. So don't just listen to the plays, but listen to some of the, you know, the injury stuff too because we try to account for that stuff as well. And, of course – I do have some people tweeting at me um, with kind of like last minute plays. And sometimes I put some, you know, last minute plays during our final bets show on the early edge at at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So uh, more information coming. But with that said, I think Trevor Lawrence is playing. He he, he says he's playing, but he does have that foot issue. I think if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, this game is is pretty much a nothing for me outside of Derrick Henry. I think if Trevor Lawrence plays and, and, he, and he appears to be healthy, I think you could do a lot of different things in this game. Maybe my favorite thing would probably be a skinny stack with like a Christian Kirk and Derrick Henry. Uh, what say you on this game? Yeah, this one for me is going to be all about uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, he mm-hmm. has absolutely crushed this team, just like he does to the Texans in the division. Uh, a game they really need to win, uh, kind of. I mean, they're going to win the division. They're fine there. Uh, they've lost two in a row, get to come back home. They've changed, had changes in the front office over the last week. Um, this seems like an obvious smash spot for Derrick Henry where he's got the 150 yards, two touchdowns. Um, you know, Derrick Henry, I say this often, and, and we're usually pretty good about identifying the right times to play these people. Uh, you know, last week you, you were fantastic about fading, you know, Derrick Henry. Uh, I think this is the the week you play Derrick Henry here. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we play, it's kind of like when you, the Titans typically 
Um, and some of these other teams, there are certain teams where you, you don't really back them when they're favored. You love backing them when they're underdogs. Derrick Henry's the guy that I don't, we don't play him when he's $9,000. When Derrick Henry is $7,900, you say, thank you for the discount and you, you play him. Right. So mm-hmm. I love Derrick Henry this week. I think he's a top running back. Um, the knock on him on DraftKings is always PPR site has limited upside in the passing game. Blah blah. Uh, the good news is on DraftKings you get the three hundred, you get the one hundred yard bonus. Uh, I would say Derrick Henry is a near lock for the one hundred yard bonus this week. Yeah, I mean outside of it, like listen, he's been very inefficient, but this is a nice matchup. You know, last week not only did I fade him on my cheat sheet, but uh, on the early edge when we do our prop show, which of course is tomorrow Friday at four o'clock. Um, he was, I had an under on him of 86 and a half yards. Actually, I gave that play out on Sunday's final bets show um, in all candor there. But the point is it was a bad matchup last week with Jordan Davis coming back. We know he had an injury like four or five weeks ago that maybe he's still shaking off, but this is such a good matchup. I I absolutely, and and I agree with you. It does feel like a must win for the Tennessee Titans to get back on track. So I think this is definitely a Derrick Henry game. Let me ask you this. If Trevor Lawrence plays, are you expecting enough points where you might consider some guys on the Jacksonville side? I'm not playing Travis Etienne this week. I don't think it's a good matchup for him, but maybe guys like Christian Kirk as just a one-off player, Zay Jones, or maybe even Robert Woods on the other side, given that Traylon Burks is probably not going to play. Um, I don't mind it. I think the upside is still honestly limited on Robert Woods. Um, you know, I, I think a good game for him at this point is four catches, 45 yards and a touchdown, which, you know, at the price point, you're, you're probably okay with, right? But that's like a ceiling game uh, at this point in this offense. So um, I, I think it's more about Henry than anything else. If you want to have a bring back and speculate on one of the receivers uh, on the Jacksonville side, I don't hate that. I think it's okay. Um, I think that you should just understand what you're dealing with with Trevor Lawrence and the injury. Um, if, if he's out or gets knocked out of this game it could look very 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 bad uh on that jacksonville side so if you've got a receiver that you've isolated there that you really like uh i don't think it's the worst call because i I do think that they're going to be in that game script but not something that's really on my radar as of right now in the week okay I think we can move on. If you have questions about this game or anybody else, uh, let us know. Let's move on to the Texans at the Cowboys. This one is so interesting for so many different reasons. I mean, first of all, on the Houston side, there's a lot of people that are injured. Brandon Cooks is not going to play. Nico Collins missed practice today. Again, today being Thursday, if you're listening on a Friday or Saturday. Uh, and so it doesn't look like he's going to play. And to me, that that opens up some value for me, not so much on Philip Dorsett, I'm not a really big fan of Philip Dorsett. I do like Chris Moore quite a bit, and I think Chris Moore has actually been productive this season. So I want to get your opinion on whether or not you think Dorsett or Chris Moore are decent plays if Nico Collins is out with Brandon Cooks. But on the other side of the ball, we have the Cowboys with basically, depending on where you look, between a 30 and a 31-point game total. And that's a lot. That's the highest on this slate. And I just it's just a weird game because they're also favored by 17 and a half. And so I'm just wondering... Are you getting pieces of this game? Is this stack or or any of these players on the Cowboys side in one of your five lineups? And if so, and I imagine they are, but if so, who are they? Yeah, on the Cowboys side, uh, you know, the one guy that I want to try to get to a little bit is Tony Pollard. Um, Now, does (laughs) the question is, is do we run into a scenario where we still are just feeding Zeke at all times. I, I don't know, but the price point, the matchup, I like it. Um, 
not going to be a core lineup piece. The only core lineup pieces for me, you already mentioned the name though. Um, I like Dorsett. I'm not going to be all in on Dorsett. I like Chris Moore. Uh, I actually played Chris Moore last week and I played five lineups on DraftKings. I had him in two of the five that I played. Um, didn't have a great game, had a big catch at the end of it. I think that this is going to be Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett season. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that they're going to get peppered with targets. Uh, I know the team total is incredibly low. I know that they should get blown out. I know it should be difficult. Um, I think there are still fantasy points to be had there, and I think they're so low risk, right? So Chris Moore, 3,400. Uh, Philip Dorsett, 3,000. Like, y- you see, you're going to see a lot of people struggling to find salary savings uh, this week. I think that this is where the clear and obvious value is, is on the Houston side. Totally agree. And, and again, I'm going to be, I'm going to have Chris Moore in, in <laughs> a lot of my lineups. Actually, it's funny. I, I think I might have something against Philip Dorsett because a few weeks ago, I was really close to a takedown. And when I say really close, what I mean in, in a pretty big single entry, what I mean is I needed Dorsett to do something. And, you know, he was my like low cost option. And, you know, he just he's just been so inefficient. Actually had a, I had recorded what they've done on the season. So Dorsett, he's caught 12 of 27 targets to speak to how inefficient he's been. Now, granted, his quarterbacks have been really bad in terms of throwing catchable balls. So that's not all on him. But Chris Moore, who typically lines up in the slot versus outside. And so I think he's going to enjoy a little bit more success with Davis Mills. But Dorsett, 12 for 27, 180 yards and a touchdown. Chris Moore, on the other hand, 27 catches on 40 targets, 314 yards and two touchdowns. And we've seen him on prime time. We've actually seen him flash. I can't remember what game that was, Mike, but it was about three weeks ago where Chris Moore caught, caught maybe four weeks ago where he caught a few balls. Let me ask you this before we leave the Houston side of this. These tight ends, they got brought up on our Tuesday solo pod. Brevin Jordan, he's 2,500. Jordan Akins uh, is on this team. Brevin Jordan and Jordan Akins, they do get targets, but I'm assuming, and OJ Howard was inactive last week, so I, I don't think he's really in play. I'm assuming you're not messing with that, right? Because you're just going to be on the other low-end pieces at the receiver position. Yeah, I'm more interested in the low-end receiver positions. Um, you know, And I've already locked up one of my tight ends for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate it. Like, if you're down to just needing savings and you don't you don't like tight end anyway, uh, and you do have, you know, say a four thousand dollar receiver, forty five hundred dollar receiver that you'd much rather play, I don't hate punting the tight end spot with one of these guys at twenty five hundred. I think that that's fine, um, but I don't think you should be playing Chris Moore and one of these tight ends. Like, I, right. I would not do that. <laughs> And just to be clear on the Cowboys side, before we move to the Eagles at the Giants, which players are are you stacking Dak and which players are you playing on the Cowboys side? I'm not stacking Dak. Uh, I I have no interest in playing Dak personally. It could buy, you know, it could come back to bite me. Um, I, I just think there are a number of ways they can score. They probably have some short fields. They might score defensively. We know that Zeke gets touches in the red zone. Pollard's probably going to get some, uh, this to me projects as a game where Dak is not finishing the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. Okay. Um, any other players I missed on the Cowboys side, Mike? Um, no, I don't think so. Honestly, um, let me let me check one thing quickly. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to just take an absolute flyer, I say an absolute flyer. It's not like a crazy play. But uh, you could play Dalton Schultz if you wanted to at tight end. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, kind of hope that some of that early work, early game goes that way. Um, you know, things like that. But 
I, I think this scenario, I, I don't want to get too like specific on there and what I mean by that and what I see. What I see in like a Dalton Schultz is I see like at some point in that game, obvious run situation. Everyone knows it's there. It's a play action play. You get Schultz for 35 yards over the middle, like mm-hmm. things like that, uh, just to kind of extend drives. I think that this sets up as a spot where that could exist for him. Um, kind of middling price point, you know, 4,400, you're not paying up. It's not a value play. Uh, if I had to play a cowboy, that's probably where I'd go. Yeah. And for the record, if you wanted to just completely fade this game and pay up for defense, the Cowboys defense is 3,800. Not that they're going to simulate exactly what the Browns did last week, but if any defense had the potential to do that, of course it is the Cowboys who their pressure rates, number one in the league, their sack rate, number one in the league. So again, we talked about it, Mike, on the Tuesday pod. Paying up for defense, especially this time of year when people are just scanning all the way down, which I do, I do as well. Um, it, it might be a good idea to really get yourself some points on the field, where you know people who are paying twenty two hundred, twenty four hundred uh, for defenses. Uh, with that said, we're going to go to Eagles Giants, but first we're going to take a break and we're going to hear a word from our partners. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back. My name is Sina Jha. That's Mike McClure. This is our week 14 game-by-game preview. And next, we're going to stay in the NFC East. We just left the Cowboys. We're going to go to the Eagles at the Giants. Uh, Really, probably a pretty big game for the Giants. And uh, shout out to the Giants and Commanders who get flexed into a night game next Sunday, which I'm only pointing that out because the idea that the Washington, my Washington Commanders and the New York football Giants are being flexed into a primetime spot is something uh, that's evidence of this season just being uh, pretty wacky, frankly, because I'm just super excited about that. It just that's not something that normally happens. But Eagles are a seven point favorite at New York, 44 and a half point total. There is some weather that may come into play here. Saquon Barkley was limited in Thursday's practice. So that's certainly something to monitor. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. But again, if he's out for some reason, I mean, Matt Breida and I guess it's Gary Brightwell or the backups for for Saquon Barkley. Uh, Like I said, there might be some weather to contend with. I I see the Eagles winning this game pretty comfortably. I I don't know that I'm betting this game necessarily, but the Giants are kind of banged up on the defensive end. They have no offensive weapons whatsoever at this point. And the way Jalen Hurts is playing, I just think the Eagles are are in a really good spot. Now, that doesn't mean I like Jalen Hurts or A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. I don't know that I'm playing any of them. And Mike, I want to get your opinion there. To me, this seems like a Miles Sanders game. Yeah, I think it could be more of a Miles Sanders game. Uh, you know, I want to always like certain players here. Like, I, no one's going to play AJ Brown. I, mm-hmm. I think that he's always an elite tournament option. Um, 
I don't have anything in this game, honestly. Like I, I'm running through all my scenarios, running through all the different builds. Uh, I just crunched another 150 lineups. The only person I have, I think, in this game is Miles Sanders. Um, and that's coming yeah. in at like 5%. I got Devontae Smith at about 2%. Um, yeah, that's literally all I've got. I've got a little bit of Devontae Smith, a little bit of Miles Sanders, but we're talking crunching 150 lineups and we're showing up in, you know, less than 15 of them. Yeah. I mean, I, my thought here is if you wanted to take a stab in a big, let's say, let's say you're in a 20 max and you want to have a couple lineups with Jalen Hurts. I don't mind the Jalen Hurts to AJ Brown stack because again, nobody's no, on this slate in this game, nobody's going to pay up 8,100 to 8,000. Um, so go ahead and do that if you want. But I, I also think that you're getting a huge discount at Devontae Smith, whose targets have really been picking up over the last four or five games. So I think Jalen Hurts to Devontae Smith. We know that the Giants are very aggressive on defense. They play a lot of man coverage. They blitz a lot. I mean, we've seen these games where Devontae Smith – and by the way, Jalen Hurts is throwing the ball. like He's literally like placing it in people's hands 50 yards down the field. So can I see a scenario, if the weather's you know decent – that Jalen Hurts drops two to Devontae Smith for two house calls. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. So I'm not playing that in a primary single entry or anything, but I think if you wanted to get a little speculative, a little contrarian, you, you do Jalen Hurts to maybe naked or Jalen Hurts to one of those two receivers. I don't think you need to run it back with anybody. I, I, I'm not really interested in playing Darius Slayton against this secondary. I'm Isaiah Hodgins, Daniel Bellinger, and I'm not going to play Saquon Barkley either. So it's a big no thank you here. And Mike, it sounds like a big no thank you for you. So it sounds like we can just move to these four o'clock games. Yeah, no, I think we move on. Uh, like I said, just AJ Brown, I'm projecting single digit ownership. Go for it if you like it, but mm -hmm. it's, it's very hit or miss. Absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of hit or miss, the four o'clock games, there's one 405 games and there's two 425 games. There's a hit team, the Kansas City Chiefs, Playing at a missed team, the Denver Broncos. Uh, the implied point total for Kansas City, 26 and a half. The implied total for Denver, 17, very low, but not as low as Denver's was last week. I guess it, that was against the Ravens. It was 15, and they didn't even get to 15 last week. So I don't really know what to say about Denver, but here's the reality. There's two guys that present really, really tremendous value, arguably three guys. If Cortland Sutton is out, Jerry Judy at 5,400 seems like great value, Mike. And, of course, Greg Dulcich at 3,400, who had just an incredible target share last week and did a lot with it, was super efficient with it. Dulcich at 3,400, Jerry Judy at 5,400. Do you like either of those plays, and is there a possibility you're actually stacking the Kansas City side or pulling any pieces from the Kansas City side? So Dulcich, yeah, you got to love him. Uh, he's going to be the second most popular player on the slate, maybe the first. It's going to be between him and Amano St. Brown. I think it's going to be Amano St. Brown and uh, Dulcich, the two most popular players. Uh, for good reason, though. They, they're in great spots. Uh, the volume should be there, so I like him. Um, the other piece that I – there's two other pieces I like on Denver. I'm not going to get to Jerry Judy. I don't mind it, but I, I think he's going to have enough attention. Um you know, I, I'm not going to quite get there. What about Hinton? Do yeah, you know, I was say that. That was the third guy I was, I was going to suggest. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, Kendall Hinton, uh, just the risk is so much lower. The extra 2,000 savings from Judy, like, yes, he's not Jerry Judy. I'm not trying to say that at all. Uh, but I do like saving the $2,000 here in this particular game. I, I think you need it a lot this week. So we've seen a couple of spots for him where he had, you know, five to 10 targets in that range. Uh, when he gets targets, he's actually been relatively efficient with some of those targets, uh, as efficient as you can be in that offense. So uh, I think that the opportunity to throw the football is certainly going to be there uh, against Kansas City. So 
yeah, I like him. And then same thing for Latavius Murray. He's just too cheap. There's not a ton of obvious value. So uh, I think there are scenarios where he can catch five passes out of the backfield. Yeah, and Kendall Hinton, we actually rec- – I, I know I was big on him in Week 12 at Carolina, and he, we saw it there, five for nine, you know, had a handful of yards. And I believe he dropped, if not one, maybe two touchdown passes or, or, or yeah. I mean, near touchdowns in that game. So, yeah, if Sutton is out, which it's certainly trending to be – I don't know that – Mike, he hasn't been declared out officially yet as far as you know, right? Not that I've seen. Yeah, so anyway, the point is I don't think he's playing, and, and I think – uh, Kendall Hinton and Judy are, are, are probably some pretty good plays, but that is quite the discount on, on Kendall Hinton. Let me ask you on the Kansas city side, this is your team. Uh, you know, this is, this is not a slate where I'm probably, I'm probably not going to play Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. If I was going to play a contrarian stack, it, it probably, I'd probably defer to that Philly giants game that we just talked about that, that Jalen hurts to AJ Brown or Devonte Smith stack. Are you interested at all in Patrick Mahomes stacked or Patrick Mahomes naked or pulling Isaiah Pacheco out of here? Uh, yeah, I'm going to pull Isaiah Pacheco out of here. Uh, I Look, he hasn't had fewer than 14 targets or uh, rushing attempts in the last four games. Certainly having more than that in terms of overall touches. Uh, I think this is a spot where they feed him just a little bit. So considering there's not a lot of obvious running back value out there at this point, um, yeah, Pacheco a little bit. I think that at 5,700, he's going to make my player pool for sure. Yeah, I, I think 5,700 is a, is a pretty good value as a nine and a half point favorite uh, at Denver. Okay, so let's move on to the next game. So let's do the Bucks plus three and a half at the 49ers. Uh, I don't think that there's going to be a lot to talk about in this game. It's a 37 and a half point total. Oh, and listen to, okay, so I, I'm looking at given to Liv's comment. Uh, I'm going to read it out loud. Always a bonus when the day's done and I can tune in live from the UK. What are my favorite DFS gents saying about Van and Van Jefferson and Foster Moreau tonight? You'll get to that at the end. Question mark. Wow, you read our mind. That's exactly right. We're going to get to that at the end. We'll answer the Van Jefferson and Foster Moreau uh, question right after we do our cheat sheet in our top three. By the way, if you haven't already hit the like button, hit the like button. Bucks at Panthers. Bucks are three and a half point dogs. Excuse me. Bucks at the Niners. Thirty-seven and a half point total. Not a lot of like. Not a lot to like here, obviously. But then again. Christian McCaffrey at 8,500 with a quarterback that's probably going to be checking it down to him a lot. Is he on your radar at all? He's not on mine. But but I don't think any of the passing options are on my radar either. Even George Kittle at 4,300, not interested. I'm not interested on anybody on the Tampa Bay side. If anything, I like the Niners defense, which I believe is either 3,100 or 3,200. Anything in this game, Mike? Oh, you're on mute. Oh, because Chief Chief was barking. Chief was barking, yes. So that's why we were on mute. Um, so as far as this game, yeah, you nailed it. The only thing I could get to is defenses. Uh, mm-hmm. I could make the case for both of the defenses in this game if you want to speculate uh, on a tough day for Brock Purdy. I think it's fine. Um, mm-hmm. Go for it. I, I think we are looking at a game where first team to 20 wins the game. Um, I, I think that that's pretty clear. Um, so yeah, I don't mind it, but I can't get there. McCaffrey projects just fine. It's okay. The issue is, is the, the guys you're fading him for, like it's Derek yeah. Henry's in a much better spot. Uh, Dalvin cooks in a better spot. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't think it's, I, I don't think there's a ton to gain there. I think that, you know, Mixon is potentially likely to outscore him still. Like, I, I don't think that you're gaining a ton of leverage at all by, uh, trying to make a play like McCaffrey this week. Yeah, I completely agree with that. 
Uh, Chris Gillentine, Gillentine says, hit that like button, button, boys and girls. Um, thank you for that, Chris. Okay, so we can move on. We're not going to spend any time on a game that we're not going to have any players in. So I do agree, though, that Bucks defense is, is quite contrarian. Against Brock Purdy, it certainly makes sense. Uh, they're 2,900. And the 49ers defense, which also makes sense, perhaps a little bit more sense, in my opinion, at home, uh, they're 3,200. So this might be a week to pay up for defense. Maybe maybe you find the money to, you know, you go down to Kendall Hinton instead of Jerry Judy that you were planning on playing. And you got you got some extra money to spread around in a lot of different places, including at the defensive position. So some that's just one example of probably 15 we can come up with. But that was the latest game we covered. So I've just mentioned that. But let's go to the last game before we go to your top three, Mike, and we go to our cheat sheet. Carolina at Seattle. Now, this is a 44 and a half point total, 44, depending on where you look. The Panthers are four and a half point dogs. Just a reminder to everybody, because all these Carolina Panthers quarterbacks are going everywhere. Baker Mayfield might play tonight. It's Sam Darnold at the quarterback position. So I think that is kind of important because I think maybe if you thought you wanted to, I kind of want to stack this game. Geno Smith is at a good price. You could stack him with Metcalf or Lockett. You could double stack him with Noah Fant. And I think a DJ Moore run back, listen, it's it's DJ Moore. So we, we know these games might not go well, but he's hit some ceiling games before. And I think with Sam Darnold, it's possible he could hit a ceiling game again. How do you feel about this game? Is it a stay away? Do you like the Geno Smith stack? I don't mind the game. Uh, the only, I mean, look, you, you can play DJ Moore if you want to. I think that's fine. I think he's going to be let's see i thought he was going to be popular let me yeah about 10 to 12 percent not overly popular um certainly not like single digits by any means uh dk metcalf and tyler lockett will both be lower owned um it's just more difficult to get to lockett and metcalf when you've got guys like Amon or st brown for example that i think are just going to take so much ownership and people want to get parts of those games so my favorite play in this game is Tyler Lockett. Uh, this projects to be, he has the number one individual matchup of the week uh, here. I think this is a potential spot for a two touchdown game for Tyler Lockett. So I'll be speculating on that. Um, likely through betting some of the player props, mostly uh, he will make his way into a lineup or two. I don't think it's a scenario where he makes five lineups. So like typically when I tell you about these players, some of them are like, I'm playing them in all five. I can't get there this week on that, but I do think he has a ton of upside in this matchup. And Noah, Fan, first of all, if you are stacking Gino, would you stack him? Let's say obviously with Lockett, but would you all would you double stack in this game on this slate with Noah Fan, who sort of separated himself from Will Disley? I'm just trying to find really a cheap tight end in, in a maybe a game script where the Panthers keep up a little bit, and so maybe Gino can feed both of these guys. But I also might just be pushing a button that I don't need to push regardless, no fan at 3,100, regardless of stacks. Is that something that you'd consider or there's too many tight ends in other places that you like? No, I actually like no fan uh, after looking at him. He's always been super, super talented. Um, and I'm glad that he's finally getting a little work there. I, I like him quite a bit here. So uh, it's, you know, there's another tight end that I'll mention uh, on my cheat sheet that we didn't mention already, but if I could make a fourth top, you know, add a fourth tight end to my rankings, mm -hmm. uh, Noah Fant would be number four for me. Okay, good to know. Because I, I think I'm going to be pretty big on Noah Fant this week, at least in my, you know, I, I just have a feeling about this. Um, Geno Smith, I, I, I just, I think I'm going to be stacking him, you know, a couple different ways. Uh, this is my, this is one of those games, Mike, where like, obviously we know, like people are going to stack Burrow. 
Uh, people are going to stack golf or, you know, maybe cousins. There's going to be like a, a lot of places people go. And I'm going to go those places to some degree too. I'll try to get different with my roster constructions. But I think given how efficient Geno Smith has been, and that, you know, the Seahawks are very hungry for these wins too. And I know every team is hungry, but like the Seahawks really need to keep pace with the 49ers and all the wildcard teams in the NFC East. So I just, the efficiency is so good. Even though the Panthers secondary has been playing a little bit better, I could see a game where Geno tosses a few touchdown passes. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But what we don't have to wait for, Mike, and I don't know that we're at 100 likes yet, but we're going to go ahead and do it anyway. Um, let's do your top three at each position. Are you ready for that? I am ready for that. Um, the only one that's a little, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm ready for it. All right. So we do your top three at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And then we're going to do our cheat sheet, my cheat sheet, and then Mike's cheat sheet. And then we're going to just touch on showdown before we get out of here. But Mike, without further ado, let's get your top three at each position. Quarterback, number one, Tyler Huntley. I love Tyler Huntley this week. I don't think the drop-off from Lamar is as significant as people think. He's got a ton of rushing upside still. Um, He's number one for me. Number two, Jared Goff. Uh, I've decided I'm going to be slightly on the Goff side. I think the scenarios where they are trailing and have to throw more are more likely still, despite being a home favorite in the game. Uh, I like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is going to be number three, largely because I like the connection with Jamar Chase. And I think this team is hitting on all cylinders right now. Really love them. Running yeah. back, Derek uh, for, Henry. For the record, Go I, I, I got to say, I, I endorse all three of those. On Tuesday, Mike, I, I told you, and I'm so glad you brought up Derek Henry first because he's probably going to be in pretty much all my lineups. But I told everybody I didn't think I was going to be on Tyler Huntley. I just full disclosure, like this is part of the reason I love the Thursday show. I, I'm going to have to put him in some lines because Mike, I, I'm convinced that that you, when you said it might not be a big drop off from Lamar. I mean, it's a, you know, and it is a drop off, obviously, but it, it might not be that significant. And I, I think I'm even against a Pittsburgh defense that's been playing, you know, flying around a little bit, especially if TJ Watt plays. I really do like that play. I like all three of those quarterbacks quite a bit. Those are probably my three favorite two in a different order, but those are probably my three favorite two. And Geno Smith is somewhere lingering in that range as well. Yeah. And I will say, you know what, three or four weeks ago now, maybe more than that, four weeks ago, I almost want, had a six figure day with Sam Ellinger scoring four fantasy points. So you can get there with certain quarterbacks. We like quarterbacks like Huntley that have some upside uh, with their legs. So that, mm-hmm, that's where absolutely. I'm going. Uh, all right, let's move to running back. Derrick Henry, number one, uh, just absolute smash spot for him. 7,900, you get the discount. Uh, this is the matchup he should be $9,000 in, not some of the others. Uh, so I, I love Derrick Henry. Uh, number two, I messed around a little bit with it. It looks like because I'm going to play Huntley, I'll get some more exposure here. Uh, it's going to be Dalvin Cook. Uh, I like Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook in this matchup. I just The usage is there. He can score in so many different ways. Uh, this projects is a really good spot for him. And then we'll go former Minnesota Viking and Raider and Saint and wherever else he's played, uh, Baltimore Raven, uh, Latavius Murray. We're going Denver Broncos. Uh, Look, they're going to be playing catch up. He is the guy there. I think he has five catches in the passing game here against Kansas City. Um, I don't think a lot of people are going to go to it. I I like the spot for Latavius Murray. Okay. And before you hit receiver, I do want to answer Oliver Orr's question. You might be late to the party here because we actually covered Chris Moore at at, at, um, some length. So you said um, you asked, how do you feel about Chris Moore in GPPs if Nico Collins is out? 
Um, it looks like Nico Collins is going to be out. We like Chris Moore a lot in that case at 3,400. I honestly, we know Brandon Cooks is out. I, I think I, it's possible I play Chris Moore even if Nico Collins is in. So, um, But either way, I like Chris Moore quite a bit at 3,400. Uh, so, Oliver, if you're new, hit the like button. Thanks for your question. Mike, now let's go to your top three receivers. Top three receivers. Number one, we're going to keep it chalky here. It's Amonra St. Brown. Uh, love him in this matchup. The volume is there. Number two, Jamar Chase. And because everything is getting very expensive, number three, Chris Moore. Uh, I literally mm -hmm. played him last week in two of the five lineups. I like Chris Moore again. You can play Kendall Hinton. You can play Philip Dorsett. It's one of those three. Um, I, I think that you're going to need to play them if you're trying to build lineups the way that Sia and I are going to this week. Uh, you're going to want to play one of those three. So uh, I'll give them all to you. But again, at wide receiver, it's Amano St. Brown, Jamar Chase, Chris Moore. And then after the Chris Moore, you can either play Dorsett or Kendall Hinton. Okay. And tight end, your top three. Top three at tight end. Let's go Mark Andrews, mostly because I'm pairing him with Tyler Huntley. Uh, not a, a lot of people want to play Mark Andrews, for one. Not a lot are going to want to play Tyler Huntley. They're certainly not playing him together. Um, I like it a lot. Greg Dulcich, number two. Everyone's going to play him. Uh, not necessarily a free square, but on a slate where you need value, he's going to be incredibly popular. Number three, Austin Hooper for the Tennessee Titans. Ooh. Uh, this is a call out that I like. Um, I actually don't have any issue playing him in the same lineup as Derrick Henry. Um, you might want to not, but I don't have a problem doing it. Traylon Burks potentially out in this game. Hooper is someone that still has some chemistry with Ryan Tannehill. Their passing game doesn't really exist. Um, it, without Burks, it could be a situation where we see a lot of Derrick Henry a lot of looking in the direction of Austin Hooper. Just a little call out there. I think Austin Hooper could have 15 fantasy points because he lands in the end zone here. All right. And I know that Noah Fant was somewhere on yeah. your radar at that. Honorable position. mention Noah Fant right after Austin Hooper. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So that's your top three at each position. And I'll do my cheat sheet, Mike. Then we'll do yours. And then we'll just touch on showdown just for a second. Of course, that's tonight's game. We got at the stack for me. It's Jared Goff. A, a cheap, inexpensive 5,600 to Amon Ross St. Brown, 7,800. Uh, value play is going to be Chris Moore for me. The chalk play is going to be Derek Henry. Uh, we've talked about him at length. And then my contrarian play, and you know what? It turns out it's not that contrarian after all, because Mike, you spoke to the fact that he could be as high as 10%. So it, it was going to be DJ Moore. It is DJ Moore right now, because I, I don't want to change it now. But when we actually release our cheat sheet, I might have somebody else in there. That doesn't mean I don't like DJ Moore. I still like him. But I'd probably rather pick somebody whose ownership percentage looks to be tracking more in that like four to 5% range rather than the, you know, nine to 10% range. So stack golf to Omon Ross St. Brown value, Chris Moore, chalk, Derek Henry, Contarian, DJ Moore. And finally, my fate is going to be Saquon Barkley. It's not because he was, he's banged up and he was limited in practice today. Although that certainly helps. I just don't like Saquon Barkley much in this matchup. Uh, so it, it, yeah, he's a fade for me at 8,000. He's just not going to fit into any of my lineups. Mike, your Chi Chi. Stack. Tyler Huntley to Mark Andrews. Uh, value play. I don't want to double up on the value play. Chris Moore is my favorite value play. I want those of you who are at least watching it to get that message across. Uh, but because we're not going to double up on it, I will say Kendall Hinton because I will be sprinkling in some Kendall Hinton as well. Uh, I think it's an interesting direct pivot away from Dulcich, who is going to be super popular. Um, obviously not playing the same position, but it, it still works. 
Uh, chalk play, Amonra St. Brown. Uh, I'm not going to get super cute there. He's going to be in some of my lineups, so I like him quite a bit. Contrarian play, I mentioned Tyler Lockett. I think this is a fantastic spot for Tyler Lockett. Uh, projects as the number one individual wide receiver cornerback matchup on the week. Uh, I think it's a great spot for him. And then my fade, there are a number of ways I can go with this one. Uh, I wanted to get a little aggressive with it. it it's We're going to fade Garrett Wilson. He's still less than $6,000, hmm. coming off excellent games, being paired with Mike White, obvious trailing game script. Like There's all the volumes been there. Like all the reasons you typically don't want to fade someone, uh, I'm going to fade Garrett Wilson in the spot. I think it could be a tough day. I think that at a price point up to six thousand dollars, you're really looking for a hundred yards and a touchdown uh, to to pay that off. And I, I think that he has one of those frustrating four for forty five and no score kind of day. So I'm going to fade Garrett Wilson. Okay, fair enough. And, and you know that makes sense now that he's fifty nine hundred. I'll probably still have a little bit of Garrett Wilson, but you know I, I guess it's Tyler Lockett at sixty five hundred. To, to me, it's you know find the money to pay up to Tyler Lockett rather than yeah. playing Garrett Wilson uh, at Buffalo. Okay, so we got showdown tonight, Mike. Uh, I a couple thoughts, maybe a couple, maybe contrarian players or players that people aren't really thinking of when they're filling out their showdown lineups. How do you think this game is going to go? We know, you know, the Raiders are, you know, slightly big favorites uh, at the the Rams. We, I'm not even sure who's playing for the Rams at quarterback. It looks like it's probably going to be Wolford, but if it's not, yeah. it's going to be Baker Mayfield with you know 48 hours to learn the playbook. I mean, even good quarterbacks with 48 hours to learn the playbook probably won't play well in, in any NFL game, but bad quarterbacks, it just makes it that much worse. So how showdown plays, you know, how do you think this game is going to go? Yeah. I mean, showdown plays, look, you want Josh Jacobs and Devonte Adams in your lineup for sure. Um, really at all costs, get them in there. Heavy volume for both. Uh, I think you really want Daniel Carlson, the kicker as well. Uh, kickers are so important on showdown slates. Um, you know, he routinely puts up 10 fantasy points. Go find me anyone on the Ram side that routinely puts up 10 fantasy points. You, you really can't do it. So uh, I like both kickers, frankly. Um, and a lot of lineups you have to have. Well, every lineup you must have one player from each team minimum, right? So several of my top lineups have either Matt Gay, their kicker, or Tutu Atwell is the only player on the Ram side with 5-1 Raiders stacks. Um, being you get Derek Carr, you get Devontae Adams, you get Josh Jacobs, you get the kicker, um, and, and then potentially one other spot. You're going to play Keelan Cole, you're going to play Tutu Atwell and Matt Gay, things like that. That's basically what some of your builds will look like. And in you know some of the more popular names like Higby or Van Jefferson or Cam Akers, are they pretty much out of all of your builds, or, or is there one of those three at least that you're like, all right, I'll speculate on him? Uh, they're mostly out of the builds. Um, I'm mostly, again, just playing the kicker uh, and Tutu Atwell would be the most popular. Um, very minimal exposure to uh, to Higby and Jefferson uh, and Kyron Williams. I'm trying to look. Uh, yeah, it's Brandon Powell if he's active. Um, but yeah, it's mostly Tutu. Tutu Atwell and uh, their kicker, Matt Gay. I do have about 30% exposure to those two. Okay. And Derek Graham says, dang it, that was my sneaky play. Uh, you nailed my 2-2 play as well, he says. Uh, Bruno says, thanks, guys. Hope, uh, hope you nailed it. Uh, I hope we nailed it, too. And we're going to find out if we nailed it on Tuesday yep. when we do our recap of week 14 and when we look at our early pricing for week 15. We're, we're getting up there. Everybody enjoy football while it's going, right? Because, you know, in a couple months, we're not going to have football, and that's going to be really sad. But 
you'll always have FFT DFS. We'll always be there for you. We're there for you in the offseason, too, if you don't recall. So, Mike, uh, any final words heading into this Week 14 slate? Any final sage advice for the listeners? Uh, just stay tuned to injuries. Uh, if you're following us on Sportsline, whether you have the Sportsline subscription, you'll be able to see my final player pool projections, all that. If you don't, you still want to watch the show. Sia will be on the show right before kickoff. To mm-hmm. I'm sure you will update any last-minute uh, info there. And like you said, enjoy the football. You might think this Thursday game is horrible. This Rams team plays the Broncos on Christmas Day. Ooh, ouch. That one could be a bad one. This one's not that bad. Wow. Uh, not a very Merry Christmas uh, there. So good advice from Mike. And by the way, I'll be on the early edge tonight to preview that Thursday night football game in an hour and a half at 730. We have our prop show tomorrow at four o'clock. And again, Mike referenced it, the final bets show where I actually try to incorporate I incorporate all my prop bets, but um, some DF, some last minute DFS advice, maybe some weather that's going to come into play. So definitely tune into that 12 o'clock on the early edge YouTube channel. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for hitting the like button and reviewing this podcast. We really appreciate it. If you haven't already, sign up for the FFT DFS contest. It's only five bucks. Get in there now before you get locked out. It's only 200 deep. Everybody, thanks for watching. This is Fantasy Football Today DFS. We will see you on Tuesday at 5 o'clock.